Good day. Welcome to Vita Made Podcast. This is a video recording and audio recording to share with my audience. My topic today is so you want to be a consultant. Why do I share this topic? I've been in the consulting field for over 14 years. It's one of the more impressive and interesting roles that you can find. What's the benefit of being a consultant? I can tell you right now, I wish I did know about consulting early on after college, if not before. One of the great benefits among many is that you learn a lot of things in a very short period of time. It's very compressed. You can get a lot of hands-on training and knowledge and real-time experience in many various environments. You will get more exposure to complex systems early on. Not to mention your communication skills will evolve and mature and improve every time you become a consultant. These are lessons or life lessons that will empower you to be confident and build your technical proficiency in in any various craft or, or knowledge that you want to focus on. Another advantage of being a consultant is that it gives you the opportunity to meet amazing people. I've met so many different customers that have various backgrounds and some of them are my friends today. I would not have met them if I wasn't a consultant. Also, another key benefit that I liked about consulting and I thoroughly enjoyed is that as you pass by and drive along on the highway or you see buildings and names of companies, typically you just notice them as a company name. But as a consultant, when you're working on projects, you get to see the story behind the scene. You get to see what they do, what they make, what kind of impact they create in our own communities. So nowadays, when I see my customers' clients' name in a company, I'm very proud of the projects that I've completed. I've been very fortunate and honored to be part of that type of project because I get to see and learn so many things that I would not have learned if I wasn't a consultant. I'll give you an example. One of my clients, they create surgical equipment for surgeries, right? And these are things that I would not have known unless I've been in the buildings placing, placing devices. And for my example, I was a collaboration engineer. I deployed, I designed and deployed Cisco phones for using Cisco Unified Communications as the main core application server to support that. I'll tell you some of the critical pieces to get to that point. But I wanted to share that there are so many things that you'll learn as a consultant that you never thought to learn. So I truly invite you and become curious about that role. It's a very intriguing role if you want fast pace, you want the challenge, you want to learn quick, meet people, travel around the world, being consultant is one way to do that. So now, as a consultant, what are some key skills that I believe are important to be a successful consultant? Number one, it's, if it's not already obvious, communication is important. That means you know how to listen, you're confident, you're very aware of your surroundings. You're also very good at articulating the topic and you know how to explain things. 
you know how to decipher and discover the requirements what are the needs and the pain points that you're trying to solve i'm going to try to be as general as possible because as a consultant it doesn't matter what type of specialty you have projects and professions or even the skills that you need are very similar right that's a it's an important skill to be able to one anticipate how to answer questions that may be different or challenging you might not even know about how do you address those type of questions if you don't understand a specific topic feature for example what do you do how do you respond how do you get prepared so preparation is key like i mentioned earlier you get to learn quick and one of the skills that you should also as part of communication skills know how to do is how to be able to respond quickly to variety of variables changing you can plan as much as you can but there are things that will happen that you may not be prepared for so how do you anticipate and plan for different contingencies so plan from a to z don't do not stop but just planning from a to b to c for a possible option or work around for whatever it is that you're trying to solve as a consultant i also think of it as a very cool pro- uh, role as a researcher you do not know everything especially early on in your career as a consultant you start out learning to be proficient at whatever craft you're specializing on you study a lot you may even certify for a different vendor specific industry standard type examinations this shows credibility that you have the proficiency and the knowledge to be able to know and also implement or design the product itself and just to be clear planning is always something that you do you're always preparing for different things i'll give you more examples of that in a, in a few minutes after some of the things that i want to cover Another skill that you should have and develop is how to empathize with the customer or your client. That means you hear them out. What are you trying to solve? Why are you even deploying this project? Or why are you designing this? You want to relate to the customer. What what type of workflow are they wanting to make sure it can support or even reduce complexity? what efficiencies are they looking for that's usually why they're even buying a new solution is because they're trying to solve a problem what are some pain points that they're trying to resolve is this a very outdated type of application is it very difficult to use is it hard to support or maintain what are some of the things that clients typically want to have that are required minimum base things or requirements that they need to have to make this project successful and it's always best for the team the team members that are part of the project to ask what does it really mean to be successful and before we get any further how do you even define success statement of works that's how it's usually created and before you even get to that there is a sales cycle that happens it could be very long it could be a year it could be 6 months it could be very maybe a few weeks it depends on the contract depends on the need depends on the relationship of this customer with your sales or account representative or account manager they are important stakeholders that's another piece i want to make sure we include stakeholder management 
it's important to know who you're working with. You can't create a plan without understanding your different various stakeholders. And I'll discuss the stakeholders today, right now. You're one of the stakeholders. You're considered a SME or an expert. The sales account manager is responsible for the relationships, any costs, any contracts that need to be worked out, discounts that may be available for the customer to have, and many things. Also business continuity. They have to continue to be engaged and be there as a trusted advisor to the customer whenever they need advice on solutions. They also help with managing the different stakeholders, even in internal teams like us. Their partners are usually solutions architects. They create the statement of work. That's how it's defined and contractually created. He has all the caveats, the requirements with deliverables. When is it expected? How many locations are impacted? How many users are impacted? Those are design type data discovery you need to have as a SME. So this is your early discovery already to make sure that you're prepared for a project. Another important piece, once a project is actually sold, that's when you receive and get assigned the project. It's not automatic. Based on your skill and your experience, your manager will assign you to a project that has the, the appropriate types of delivery skills needed to deliver it successfully. You're not expected to complete everything all, all by yourself. On the client side, there are key stakeholders themselves, the sponsor for the project, the ones that approve the project, meaning the funding, who are the main experts that you should be working with, technical business partners, it could be training, marketing, communication. It just depends on the project requirement. Also, don't underestimate the end users. Those are key stakeholders also. So as part of the discovery, you need to understand what are requirements for the end users, the customers that your client is trying to service. Your customer may be an IT administrator, maybe a CFO, maybe a person that has multiple hats or responsibilities to be able to deploy a solution. But end users are one of the key stakeholders. They will be there to give you feedback on why the solution is working before the one that they're using in the past and what's going to be beneficial when they apply a new solution for them today for the next project that you're working on. They're also the user testers. It's important that they test the product as part of the entire phase so that when you finally do a go live, when you switch over to a system, that everyone's happy, that the solution is the del delivering what is needed. It's helping them successfully go through the workflow. It's making them more efficient and it's creating more success as a business as a whole. So those are key stakeholders. And let's not forget project managers. This is a important role and pivotal role to help orchestrate everything else, logistics, planning, communications, escalations that need to be addressed if any. It's important to have a very good project manager in every project. Whether you have one that is permanently assigned to your project or multiple, or yourself, it's good to have a mindset of a project manager because then you know to address 
what are the requirements, what are some dependencies that you need to have in a project that needs to be completed, and do you know how you're going to get to the destination or success, right, from A to B. So always consider those skills. And I'm going to repeat it again. Communication, stakeholder management, understanding who they are. Most importantly, planning, having the right people in the conversation throughout the phase of the project is important. And there are different phases in a project. Typically, and I'll give you those briefly, internal kickoff. That's how you find out what you need to be successful. Are you the right person even to be part of this project? You may need additional SMEs or experts to work with you. And in my case, I was a collaboration specialist specifically, but I may work with a network specialist that works in the firewalls. I might have a data center person that works on data center or database SQL. I might even have a cloud practitioner that works on the cloud type services that I might need to implement the solution. So as you can see, there are more team members that might participate in this type of project. That's just for the internal. That's the internal kickoff. That's just to clarify you have the right team to have the success that you need. Now there's an external kickoff that typically happens, meaning you introduce yourself, your team, or you get introduced by the sales or account manager to your client. The client may have an executive leader that's represented, that sponsors the project. You might have the IT administrator or business administrator, depending on what you have. Marketing, it could be training, maybe server type administrators, or even third party where they have external support that you need to create a ticket for to submit anything that you need for hardware or even software access. So consider the type of project you have. Who do you need? So that's why it's so important to know who the stakeholders are, the skills that are needed to get this project to take off and completely finish all the way to the end. So once the external kickoff is done, you review the statement of work and you always verify if this is still the requirement that they want to meet based on that statement of work that was signed off. As, as you recall earlier, I mentioned this contract might have started over a year ago, if not longer. So you want to make sure that you're still on the same page and everyone's agreeing to what this project should do at the end of the day. Now there's the external, there's also discovery that needs to be completed. So after you kick off and everyone's agreeing on what this project is about, now you get to do the hard work, the detail work. That means you get to discover what systems you have, what are the variables that you need to address, whether it's system, operations, key personnel, logistics, equipment, if it's gonna arrive in the right location, how's, how are things gonna get shipped? Who's gonna accept the equipment? Where do they wanna store it temporarily? Are we staging equipment so that we can prepare the configurations before sending it to different locations, depending on how many locations. So there are definitely prep works to be done. The physical components are important. How many cables? How is it gonna be powered up? How is it gonna get monitored? What are security considerations that you need to discuss with the administrators and your client? What are their policies when it comes to credentials? What are the 
IP address schemes? What are naming conventions that they want to use for the system? So there is a very complex discussion. And typically, before you come into a discovery workshop, similar, and we consider that design workshop at the same time, you want to give the customer ample time to have the right people included by giving them a workbook, a discovery workbook that asks for primary information that's going to help you move forward with a design. What are the things that you need to create? So we talked about state of work as what the project is going to be about, but the design document that comes out of a discovery is key. These is where these document is where you notate all the dis important decisions that a customer makes based on the recommendation and best practices that you have or know for your product that you're trying to deploy. So those are important details that you need to track. And the design document can vary from 50, 100 to 300 pages. It just depends on the solution that you're working with. And that's why it's so important to be organized and not to mention be detail oriented. You need to be able to distinguish what are some priorities, critical, nice to have, and what's statement of work, right? Be careful with out of scope requests. So make sure that you met constantly referring to statement of work so that you know that you're not going out of scope. If it does require out of scope or additional changes that require more time, resources, and, and maybe funding, then you might want to work with your account manager or sales and solutions architect to create a separate statement of work to address those additional requests. So that's a consultant type skill that you need to manage constantly. This is for every project. So as you can see, if you're assigned to multiple projects, you need to be able to manage all that information, keep track of what project phase you're in and manage your time well so that you can be successful at delivering the project. Another important phase of the project is the actual design. So you've discovered everything that you need. Now you have to have a design document deliverable that will be signed off by the customer. That takes a bit of time. It may take several times of conversation or even sharing or being in places to see what you need to provide a delivery document for design sign off. And that piece may take some time as well. So it's important to know when you have projects, how long are you required to complete each phase? How much time are they allocating for you as a consultant? And typically that's a billable type effort it may be a hours effort or it could be a project effort, right? So you need to know what billable is, whether it's time and material, or is it a project-based cost, right? But typically each project has a time allotted that's required for you to complete each phase. Now let's say you've completed a design phase. Now you get to implement. Once everybody's signed off on it, now you get to implement. You may get to stage, you may have to do some proof of concept to test out to make sure that what you were thinking is a great design format or whatever solution that you're using is going to be feasible, then you try to test it out early on. Also, softwares change. There may be additional updated versions of that software that you might have started in the beginning, but now there's a, a later release that fixes certain bugs. So those are things that you need to consider throughout the entire project. When, you, when do you consider changing that version? Is that something that now you need to get approval again from the, the main stakeholder, which is your client, that now you need to go to a different version depending on the features requirement? And is it 
required? Is it a security related type feature? Okay, so there is a lot to consider in the project. So once you get to implementation, there's a testing phase typically. And that means you as a SME or consultant get to pre-test it. You may have the client participating on testing also. You also want to create a test document as part of the project. And it's critical you have a test document. I cannot tell you how critical that is. You also want to include as part of the test plan, contingency plans. So let's say, for example, you're migrating or upgrading to a new system or even deploying a new system. What's your backup plan or rollback plan? You want to make sure that that's included in your test plan. What do you do if you're stuck? Something's wrong. What are some of the steps that are required? And you might have to detail that out so that you know for sure that you're following the required steps and that everyone that's supposed to sign off on the test is clear on the task that they're assigned. And that includes the customers. Customers may know business type workflows that you might not understand. It's important that they include their test considerations to make sure that they can pass and successfully sign off. So those are things that you need to include as part of your test plan. And once you get to pass the test plan, now you want to prepare for the end user side, right? So that means we're at a point that we can say, all right, let's plan for go live. And you want to set those dates, go live success or fail, right? You want to make sure that there's a time date allotted on when you want to migrate or deploy a new solution or new product. In this case, collaboration is usually what I worked in. So we used, we made sure that we agreed on a maintenance window. When we're deploying systems like this, you don't want to do that in the middle of a business hour, in the middle of work. Typically it's off hours. You need to understand is the business a 12 hour or 24 seven type of business. So you need to consider what are those outage windows? You need to get approvals from the different teams, whether it's in the network side, security side, notices need to be sent. In most cases, especially in the server side, these are monitored systems. So you wanna make sure that the right applications and owners of those applications are aware of the maintenance window when we're about to switch over to a new system. So communication on all sides is critical. This way, nobody's surprised. They don't think it's an emergency, something is going wrong. So communication is absolutely key everywhere in all phases of the project. And as you get closer to the go live and you decide the dates, you wanna make sure that administrative type documentation is available for support and user documents that are relevant to the projects are there. Do you have the trainers? Do you have the facility to train? Is this on-site? Is this remote? Is this something that's going to get recorded? Is this going to be an e-learning? Is this going to be a cheat sheet type format? What's required to make this successful for end users to consider it successful when you finish the deployment of a system, especially in a collaboration? This is something that users can see. They do not tolerate missed failures, right? Especially in the collaborations. This is business impacting. If you have larger type use cases where you have a call center, even more so. And if you're working with emergency services like nine, like emergency responders, for example, the police stations, those are critical business organizations. So you have to work with many people with the right stakes, stakeholders, the owners that will agree to the maintenance windows and what the success of this project is going to be. So at the end, and let's say you do complete the cutover, the cutover itself will bury. That means the goal line. That's when you switch over to the new system. 
it may be a switch within a few hours, right? If you tested it well and did the prep work, and typically I rec recommend, depending on how complex it is, is to do a pre-test before the atokharok, right? There are some things to consider that you want to test right away. For example, carrier side configurations from the telco side. It could be cabling things. And if it's for 911, it could be pre-testing to make sure that the 911 information that's required is passed on to the E911 service providers. And the at the end, we have the Apple first day support. So once you complete the cutover, it may take a few days to aptly test and finalize everything, even though it's maybe a, a few minutes or a few hours to, to switch over to a system. There's first day support typically on a Monday in most businesses basically the first day of the week. That's where you really want to monitor and make sure that once we switch over, are there tickets coming in to the help desk for support? Do you have the staff to triage to make sure that they are there to support for the migration itself versus the day-to-day -day type operation support? So you want to plan for that type of coordination to make sure that it's a seamless migration and that whenever users are impacted, they know where to go. So that's, in a nutshell, what consulting does, the different phases. I know I shared a lot, but I wanted to give you a little slight window of what consulting could be in the similar phases that you may encounter for various roles and different projects, regardless of the profession. It may be more phases in the project, but in the end, they have a similar framework. It requires the same similar skills that you need to master, and it takes time to develop. So. What do you think? Do you want to be a consultant? I can tell you right now, it's one of the most meaningful roles I've ever had in my life. It's one of my favorite roles and I will always cherish the years that I've been in a consulting field. Today, I'm a technical trainer for Zoom and I'm still in the profession where I empower others to learn technical products. And I can tell you right now that one of the most beneficial skills that you can ever have, whether you're in consulting or any other profession, and especially if you want to go beyond, maybe you want to own your business. Maybe you want to be a leader or influencer. Master your communication. Learn more about branding. Your name is golden. That's one of the advices that I was given a long time ago. If you're in a specific field and it's a niche type of skill, it's a very small world. In the collaboration space, you will see the same people usually moving along in their careers. Depending on what your specialty is, you'll realize that even though the world's so big, it's actually very small. So keep at it. Consulting in general is an amazing journey. I recommend it for all. It gives you a different perspective of what it means to be a profession professional it's a gift that keeps on giving i've met many friends that are amazing in this field i still see them in various ways you'd be you'd be amazed what kind of hobbies they have even though they are engineers they're also artists they're musicians they have amazing hobbies whether it's in extreme sports Many have developed their skills from one to an ex to a advanced level, whether it's programming, being a CEO, being a founder, being a mentor, 
being a consultant is a morph of many skills. You will learn so many valuable skills that you will never forget the experience itself. So I hope I gave you a little bit of an idea of what consulting means. And if you haven't considered it, especially if you're still early on trying to figure that out, read up on it, apply, find internships, look for training programs, see what skills they need. What are roles and responsibilities? Your skills are transferable. And it's hard to find great consultants. They are considered trusted advisors. Many of my clients really learned a lot from me and I learned from them. It was an interesting journey because I felt that as I was progressing, my clients were learning with me. And that's my favorite part is that I created partnerships with my clients. We were all growing together. We were learning together. We we're getting smarter together. And another thing that's also fun about consulting, you may play hard, uh, well, work hard, but you also get to play hard. So check it out. Be a consultant. There's so many different industries out there that need it. And it really is truly hard to, to, to find great talent. So I invite you to learn more about it, read more about it, experience it. There's no other way to put it. It's hard to describe the many stories. And I can tell you right now, there are fun bloopers out there that I experience. There are silly moments that I experienced that I can't even describe in this podcast. I just wanted to give you a little introduction on it. And hopefully you learned a lot of what consulting means. And this could be your next journey for your next profession. Thank you. Have a good one.